Hey, this is Charlie. So, Jim, where is this new podcast you were talking about? I mean, are you too busy to do anything but sit on your butt and watch movies all night? I see you on Letterboxd watching tons of stuff, but still, no new podcast episode on the horizon? You're killing me here. I'm sure you'll lose a bunch of fans with this long wait. I'll see you later. Maybe. What's happening? I don't know. Ha! Huh. Ha! Huh. This is weird, right? A podcast that will be all over the place? I'm sure that's not what you expect from one Jim Laskowski, which is me. So, I know what you're thinking. This doesn't sound like Director's Club at all. Well, it isn't really. This episode in particular, that is. Um... I'd like to sort of give an update on my plans and present the next phase of what's to come. I suspect uh, Patrick will be contributing some more bonus episodes sooner than later, uh, so he won't disappear completely, so don't worry. It's just things are going through a transition of sorts, um, whether they it stays like this or evolves into something else, time will tell. But I'm going to try my best to continue recording, um, but have just a different approach similar to um, this episode that you're about to listen to. Um, but yeah, I I just really want to put out some content, and <laughs> whether it's worthy for the hard drive um, or your iPhone space is one thing, so that's totally up to you. Um, so... I will say this, for the future, some episodes will still have the original format. Uh, whenever a guest and I can agree on a director to talk about. Um, I know that in the in the works right now, within the next month or two, you can expect a David Cronenberg Part 2 episode with my buddy Bill Ackerman. Um, I really wanted to do a Part 2 since we didn't really touch on some of his more recent work, probably because a lot of it hadn't come out yet, um, when we first did David Cronenberg way early on, I think it was like episode five or six or seven, so um, I wanted to go back, uh, talk a little bit more about the guy, since he is one of my favorite filmmakers, but he's made some movies that kind of perplex me, and we'll see what Bill has to say. Uh, I think it'll be cool. Uh, there won't be too much of a what we watch talk. It'll be more focused on uh, that director in particular. And also in the works, uh, Colin Suter and I will be doing a live in-person recording in his apartment in Chicago to talk about the one, the only, George Miller, who you may have heard of recently. Put out a little movie called Mad Max Fury Road. Um, so I think the timing is right to go back and look at his filmography. I would say late June, early July, hopefully for that. So yes, there will be future Directors Club episodes with or without Patrick, essentially. 
Um, I'll probably introduce the. I know it's confusing. I'll probably introduce those as Directors Club and um, still include what I would like to call the Pop Culture Club podcast in the same feed. Mostly because I can't afford to have two separate feeds. So, obviously, you can pick and choose whether or not you want to download just Director's Club episodes for the future or everything. Um, I'm hoping that you'd give this a try. Uh, I, I, I just want to try something a little different every now and again. And, again, I'm not sure if it will be monthly or biweekly or weekly at the moment. It's just a spinoff show. And like I said, it's this is kind of the beginning uh, stages of the Pop Culture Club podcast. Um, this episode is kind of an introduction to what I'd like to do. Instead of just focusing on movies and directors, I'm going to feature a band uh, or a songwriter that I'm listening to. Uh, possibly, although this is very rare, to talk about a book I'm reading. Uh, interview, hopefully, some musicians, actors, writers, directors. The whole kit and caboodle. The whole piñata will come bursting out with audio content. I don't know what that means. So one of my uh, dream interviews for um, Pop Culture Club is with um, one of the musicians responsible for me picking up a guitar. That would be Matthew Sweet. Sorry if I've done the whole uh, licking your lips or smacking your lips or whatever you call it. I do a lot. When you go back and edit past episodes or you do a clip show or something, you really start to pick up on your vocal tics. Uh, So I apologize. I don't need to. I remember when I once did a solo episode, uh, a fan had written on the Director's Club Facebook page, stop apologizing for for making mistakes. It's all good. We still love you. Whatever. I, I just have a tendency to trail off and do that, which is ridiculous. I know. Um, so anyway, yeah, I want to interview Matthew Sweet, whose album Girlfriend kind of changed my life in the same way that uh, Nirvana's Nevermind did at the time. Uh, although I think Girlfriend was a little bit... No, I think it was around the same time. Uh, so I, I, I'm hoping he'll be on. I did interview him in print for my college paper. So right now, fingers crossed that he's going to come aboard and talk to me on this show. Since I know he's going to be releasing a new record this year, so I hope, hope, hopefully that's an incentive for him to uh, um, guest on some podcasts. I also kind of want to touch base with Stephen Tobolowski again. I would like to talk to him about something very different um, than Groundhog Day, and I don't know if he'll be up for this. He might be a really busy man, obviously. Um, but I want to talk to him about his near-death experience um, and sort of elaborate a little bit on mine, since I don't know if everybody out there knows about this at length. Um, plus, it's just interesting to me. It's an interesting topic. So as you can see, I have ideas, again, all over the map. I, I just have the motivation to continue. Um, but clearly, you know, my job um, at the thrift store is taking precedence and priority. And more often than not, when I come home from work, I really have the energy to... Uh, edit in front of a computer. Um, I mostly just watch a movie in my comfy chair while drinking a green slime smoothie or something. Uh, So I'm not committing to a schedule the way we did in the past where you can go on uh, directorsclubpodcast.com and see what directors are coming up. Because it's more going to be spontaneous. Not spontaneous. Obviously, I'm going to plan it a couple weeks ahead of time. But I'm going to take it one month at a time. See if I can get a friend or two or previous guest or a new guest to 
join me for a pop culture focused talk because I really enjoyed doing the um, songs that change your life episode, uh, which sort of made me realize that it would be great to do more than just film discussion, um, whether or not it's a success or you enjoy it or I can keep doing it or if I get bored, who knows? We don't know. The only time will tell. I mean, it's Patrick left for good reason, um, mostly because he hates me. Uh, no, uh, he brought up some good points about co-hosting a podcast. Uh, it's a time-consuming process. Uh, it's much fun as it is. It's challenging, and I don't know if, you know, it, it, you sacrifice things. Like, obviously, I want to go out and socialize and do things after work if I have the energy to. So it's possible that a podcast may be lower on the priority scale um, or list or whatever you call it. So we'll see. I, I'd like to at least um, stop by at the very minimum once a month just to um, host this uh, pop culture club podcast deal and uh, do some directors from time to time. Uh, but yeah, I know a lot of you subs- your, I know a lot of you subscribers were very used to the director centric version, so I'm not 86ing that version. Just uh, adding something different that uh, is mostly all about me rambling, hopefully not for too long, because I need people to help. So, you know, maybe there will be a time when Patrick and I reunite down the road for the regular format, but I don't know if it'll be as consistent in terms of content uh, if and when that does happen. We'll see. We'll see, because there's no way to know right now. But I want to let you know that uh, Pop Culture Club is a side podcast project that I'd like to keep going for as long as I can. So just stay subscribed, please. <laughs> um, if you've been a fan, uh, I, I think you'll enjoy future episodes. And like I said, there will be filmmaker-centric episodes to come. But I, I love it all, man. I, I love music and movies and TV and books. So maybe you'll appreciate uh, uh, an all-encompassing episode every once in a while. If not, I'm sorry. Oh, shit, I just apologized again. Damn it, Okay. So with all that out of the way, let me just say that this episode is kind of special since it's, uh, well, uh, technically episode one of Pop Culture Club, but I don't know. The numbering process has gotten all wacky, uh, mainly due to our bonus episodes and now this uh, changeover, but we'll see what happens. Uh, There's new artwork done by the great Gabe Powers for Pop Culture Club, but um, I still want to say when... We talk about a director. Welcome to Director's Club. So that's that. Anyway, this episode, um, I'm celebrating a few things in particular, one of which is seeing UHF at the Music Box with my friend Marissa, who will be joining me soon enough to talk about all things UHF and Weird Al, which, um, as most of you know, I love parody songs, and I do like UHF quite a bit. It's not one of my all-time favorite comedy classics, I know some people are probably hissing at me right now, maybe even Marissa included, but um, it, it's got some lulls. I will say, I'm not, I'm not even a big fan of the uh, fact. I mean, I'll talk about, I'll talk about with Marissa more, um, and then she can hiss at me about uh, my 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 quibbles. But um, also, I have an interview. 
a very short interview with um, a gentleman by the name of Clay Jewell. He is an inspiring documentarian, I think. And I'm going to be playing bits and pieces of my favorite record of the year so far by a songwriter that goes by the name of Taurus. Um, And I might throw a movie review in if I'm feeling up to it. We'll see. But first and foremost, I wanted to play a clip of my phone call uh, that I that I made to WGN Radio uh, just you know recently. So I talked to a broadcasting hero of mine who is now celebrating his 30th anniversary, and obviously I brought up his name many times throughout the course of Directors Club. So if you want to blame someone for my love of film, talk radio, and podcasting, point that finger to the great Nick DeGilio, a Chicago critic that. Um, He's hosted his own show for many, many years. I contributed to it early on, mainly just, you know, helping him out with some movie reviews. Well, not really helping him out, just sort of talking with him. Uh, I mean, my buddies Eric Childress and Colin Suter's, you know, previous guests, too, uh, they contribute big time now to that show, which is great. Um, And I'd say, like, in the late 90s, uh, early aughts, I was... uh, a regular, I, I was calling once a week on that show and talking about whatever I saw in the theater, which was fun. So, but really, Nick DiGiulio, he's an incredible presence on the radio. Um, ridiculously funny, um, self-deprecating. Uh, he knows his stuff. He uh, really knows how to talk about film and does really great topics on his show. So many memories <laughs> over the years. It's hard to know where to begin. I I wouldn't. I would take a whole other nine-hour show. But I wouldn't have started any podcast really if it wasn't for this guy because he started it all. He started my interest in movies. He started my interest in talk radio, um, and the fact that I've gotten to meet him and he's let me into the WGN studios to talk about movies live in person was kind of a big deal for me. Um, because in terms of Chicago history, that radio station is, um, right up there with the best radio stations in the country. And as far as I'm concerned, but, um, yeah, even if I've grown to disagree with Nick's taste over the years, that doesn't take, that doesn't take away at all from his genius behind the microphone every weeknight from 2 to 2am to 5am. AM Radio 720 in Chicago. And of course, you can subscribe to Nick DiGiulio's wonderful podcast, which I'll be linking to in the show notes. Okay, with all that in mind, let's begin this sort of pop culture cornucopia by listening to a uh, brief clip, like I mentioned, of that phone call, followed by a song really quickly from Torres, that interview I mentioned hmm, with Clay Jewell. And then, of course, we're going to converse with uh, my friend Marissa about Weird Al and UHF. So hopefully you haven't deleted this from your iTunes just yet, since there's more fun stuff to come here on the Pop Culture Podcast. Yay, thanks. Here's Jim on WGN. Hey, Jim. Happy anniversary. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is uh, Jim the Movie Freak, and as you know, I've been listening since... Oh, 1989. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim, good to hear from you, man. How you been? Yeah, well, you're one of my heroes. You you are responsible for so much uh, good in my life, including the fact that I now 
uh, co-host a movie podcast of my own. Um, so you, you sort of pass the torch on in a way. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that, man. Now you've been, you've yeah. been, you've been a big fan and a big supporter for many, many years. And I really appreciate that, man. Yeah. I mean, 1990, when, uh, you managed to recommend a movie I hated, Die Hard 2, and a movie I love, uh, Pump Up the Volume. So that's, that had a huge impact on me. And I'm so grateful for all the years of entertainment. Um, wow. you've done so much good. Really I appreciate, appreciate it, everything. Jim. I appreciate it, Jim. You're a great guy, and I and and I, I wish you well. And thanks so much for calling it. All right, I'll see you for Jaws, man. Can't All right, wait. oh, we'll see you for Jaws. All right, take care. All right, see you, dude. Yeah. Lay off me, would you? I'm just trying to take this new skin for a spin. I'm just nervous about my family filing in Ready to wrap me up Ready to love me in this new skin I'm filling in Who's that trying to speak for? What is it that they claim to be a child of God? Much like yourself, you will find me right where I All right, good day to you, Clay. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, it's great to be here. So, um, you contacted me about this documentary, uh, great title, um, Open the Podcast Doors, Hal, and you're hoping to kickstart it. Um, kind of intriguing. So, can you tell the listeners exactly what it's about? It's about something you're familiar with, podcasts and podcasting, but I want to focus on the psychology behind why people ramble on and on about something they love. I also plan to interview a parapsychologist a nuclear physicist, psychics, dentists, nuns, priests, Star Trunk employees, anyone who listens to podcasts, really. Hmm. Well, that sounds right up my alley. As you know, being I'm a big fan of psychology and podcasts. Uh, what motivated you to do this, and what else would you like to include in this documentary? Honestly, I've listened to every podcast ever put on iTunes, which is why I wanted to make this film. I would like to interview you and some of your guests that you've had on, like Louis C.K., Dave Grohl, Todd Haynes, Todd Salons, Todd Margaret, Big Head Todd and the Monsters, Todd from Boogie Nights. Um, we've actually never had a lot of those people you named on as guests or interviewed them. Oh, uh, according to my research, you've interviewed a lot of industry people and featured many smart guests over the years. I'm hoping to interview huh. other hosts from other podcasts like Film Chunk, Film Lies, Cinecrass, Where the Short Snail Ends, Star Trunks, The Geeks and the Greeks, You Made It Bad, and Big Mama's Podcast. Uh, oh, okay. Well, I wasn't aware that you were going to interview me, actually, because you're all the way out there in Mozambique. 
it's in my budget to fly to Scumburg and meet you halfway between Chicago and Smelgen. I I think you mean Schomburg. I think I've gotten my notes mixed up. You're Patrick, right? You're the one who hates puns and weird mouth sounds? No, this is Jim. Um, the stupidly optimistic one that loves everything. This is the FTW podcast, right? No, there's a podcast called FTW with the, the hosts also named Jim and Patrick? I think this conversation should be deleted from your hard drive and not included on your show since I've made a terrible mistake. I really wanted to include an interview with you about the demise of the show and why Patrick left. I heard he was joining some sort of Manx cult. M, 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 or... Isn't Manx writing for Late Night with Steven Seagal? Clay, I don't know where you got this information, but it is completely false. I think I'm done talking to you, man. Uh, I think if you want to make a documentary, you have to get your facts straight. Truth is subjective, son. I will make any movie I want, but I will not be interviewing you or Patrick. Thank you and have a good night. Bye-bye. Uh, that was weird. I still don't know what to make of that. This this guy, Clay, sends me an email, says he's making a documentary about movie podcasts, and so I agreed to talk with him. I took time out of my really busy schedule to talk to Clay, and this is what we got. I know he told me to delete it from my hard drive or whatever, but I needed to put this out there for um, everybody to hear in order to believe it because I'm still in shock about this whole thing. That was one of the weirdest encounters I've ever had with um, a listener of the show. Uh, Maybe not. I don't know where he got FTW. I, I don't know. Anyway, let's move on here. Something less confusing. Um, and something a little bit more weird. <laughs> With the uh, discussion on UHF, my friend, Marissa. Well, I had two weeks of vacation time coming after working all year down at Big Roy's Eating and Plumbing. So one night when my family and I were gathered around the dinner table, I said, kids... If you could go anywhere in this great big world now, where'd you like to go to? They said, Dad, we want to see the biggest pot of twine in Minnesota. Dude, breakfast for dinner is the fucking best. I need to do this way more often than I do. I need to make it a priority. (laughs) Because eggs aren't really that bad. (laughs) I I think, I I mean, my cholesterol is fine, so... Eggs are pretty good. Um, one of my friends is a nutritionist, and uh, they said that all the crap that they tell you about eggs is usually bullshit because, like, eggs are good for you. Like, think about it. They have everything needed for, human for like, life in there. Yeah, as long as you don't dump a bunch of hollandaise sauce on it, I imagine that did you yeah. do that, Jim? No, no, I would never do that. <laughs> oh, okay, well, then don't do that. This isn't the egg podcast, although maybe I should turn no. it into it. That would be a Whoa. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> have egg experts It would on. be an egg experience. Experts can uh, come on the show. Talk and have an experience. I mean, I could do a whole podcast on breakfast, but I don't think that would... I don't know. That wouldn't excite people as much as... You got the waffles, the pancakes, cereal. 
Yeah, and there are people who have pizza for breakfast, so. Yeah, fuck yeah. That's very true. pizza anytime. Except when, you don't want to do it while you're on Ambien, because then you're, then then you're sleep eating, and that's bad. Oh, God. No, don't eat pizza on Ambien. I wonder if they're going to cover that documentary that's coming out about nightmares. They should cover, like, sleeping. Yeah, that'd be cool. Mm Mm-hmm. So this isn't the uh, sleep eating podcast. It is, in fact, the, the Pop Culture Club podcast. What have 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 you watched anything cool recently besides the movie we're going to talk about? Because I'm curious. It could be, um, it could be TV, uh, a cartoon, anything. Cool. I've been I've been digging. Like I've been rewatching um, Hannibal season two to catch up. That. To be like. In my memory, because it's starting Thursday, a week from, like, uh, yeah, like not even a week. Really? And then, uh, yeah, on the 4th. And then um, I've been watching the cartoon Young Justice. It's like the Young Justice League, and that's pretty badass. Is it like Young and the Restless? Young and the Justice? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, kind of. They're teenagers, so they're a little angsty. Yeah, but Victor on Young and the Restless is not a teenager. He's been on there since I was born. Um, <laughs> and he's never going to die. I think he even had... No, like he's nine, a vampire. I think he had like nine heart attacks or something, and he's still on the show. Oh, Jesus. Now, there's got to be a Young and the Restless podcast out there, but I don't want to turn this conversation into that. Um, no. I really love Hannibal. Um, and I really should rewatch season two as well. I'll, I've just been listening to Kesha's song Cannibal over and over and over and over again. I'll eat you up. Makes you hungry. Yeah. It's also good. Kesha's a good record to listen to while you're on a treadmill or on a bicycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 not obnoxious. It's just got a good beat. Um, it's yep, not, lots of good beats. That's when the hunger yeah. really hits me. So that's great. I'm glad you're rewatching Hannibal season two because I love it. And mm-hmm. that show's cinematography blows me away. It's just oh, I know. I cannot get over how gorgeous that show is despite it being gruesome gruesome and gorgeous mm-hmm. i need to just beautifully grotesque yeah 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 and uh love the whole cast really interested mm-hmm. to see where they're gonna go for season three because i've heard it's very different oh yeah i have too i think it takes place in london or it's gonna take a lot of it's gonna take place mm. in london yeah so. i think that's where the that Hannibal movie that came out, I think it went yeah. overseas. I can't remember where, but um, that movie made me really hungry for Ray Liotta's I, brains. Yeah. <laughs> That's a delicacy. I want to talk to you about a guy that's kind of weird. Kind of weird, yeah. Yeah, a little weird. A little weird. But charmingly so. Mm-hmm. Uh, never like obnoxious, just really, really engaging in his weirdness, and um, one of the most clever 
uh, pop culture icons that exist. And I mean, some people might have, might have grown tired of him um, and his shtick, but it, I think he pulls it off. Well, and they're well. tired of life. It's possible. It's possible. Um, I look forward to every single Weird Al Yankovic album every time. Every time he releases something Indeed. New, I'm excited. Same. I, I turn into my 15-year-old self and just hope for the best. And he doesn't mm-hmm. really disappoint. I, I mean, No, he is on point every time. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely trace through his discography and kind of go, well, that wasn't as good. Um, like, I really am not... I know you're a big Star Wars fan. Um, yeah. I just... I don't know why, but the saga be- begins is not one of my favorites. It's not necessarily one of my favorites, but damn it, I can never get it out of my head. I understand. It's so damn catchy. But before that, um, Weird Al delved into the world of movies very briefly. Yeah. Um, all too briefly, in my opinion. My earliest memory is seeing Siskel and Ebert review UHF. Um, I, think it mu- I think it might have been the night before my dad and I went to go see it. And so we were wow. dreading this thing because Zero Stars, one of the worst movies we've ever seen, Siskel and Ebert said. Hmm. And, <laughs> I mean, their sense of humor, you know, I understand. It's so subjective, I understand, but they were right. really, really hard. On, on they the were. I, I've seen that review, and holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially with especially um, Ebert, God rest his soul, genius writer. Mm. Um, him and I never never saw eye to eye on comedies, and like he hated Kids in the Hall Brain Candy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Freddie got fingers and acquired taste, but I think that's funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and of course, he hated UHF, and I don't understand that. I don't understand how um, anyone could um, sort of diss on Weird Al's attempt to essentially make a Zucker Brothers style. Yeah. Play. And I think he was very successful. Um, it's not. I, Agreed. I will. I will say this: it's not a perfect film. It's. <laughs> no, it's not. It has some lulls. I, 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 you may disagree with this, but I am not a fan of the decision to suddenly cut into a music video during the movie. I like. The I'm not particularly either, but it was the '80s, and that was kind of the thing to do at the time. Yeah, I mean, I like the video. I like the song. I just. It, it takes me out of the movie, which I understand. It does. It, the movie itself is like a hodgepodge of, you know, Weird Al's brain and his ideas. Yeah. His um, sense of humor. And, of course, mm-hmm. he was mostly well-known for his parody songs and music videos at the time. So it makes sense. True. But I, that's, that's one flaw for me. Um, yeah. UHF. And, you know, obviously some jokes work better than others, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the ones that really work are brilliant. Oh, they're so brilliant. 
What was your first viewing experience of UHF? My first viewing experience of UHF, I think I caught like part of it on like cable growing up. And then it wasn't until a couple years later that I saw it on uh, at the video store, Family Video on VHS. Woo-hoo! And I was like, wait, this has to be that movie that I saw. And it had Weird Al in it. And I was like, already familiar with Weird Al. And I'm like, yeah. So I rented it and I liked it. But then it wasn't until like the DVD came out that I like experienced it again. And I just, I became obsessed with it. <laughs> Yeah, it was a really great experience seeing this with you in the theater. And mm-hmm. Just knowing Weird Al's behind the curtain too. I mean, he didn't get there. Oh, I know. In the film, but still. Um, and just hearing the crowd reaction because it wasn't like that when the movie first came out. Um, oh yeah, I can imagine. It bombed, and there were very few people in our screening. But I mean, I I, I vividly remember my dad. Losing his mind over Conan the li- Conan, Conan the Librarian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, oh man, which so is so good. Which is so quick and short. I part of me. Oh, I know. Lo- a little bit longer, but it's just it's just so brilliant. I mean, it's so simple yep. of a joke too. But um, I will tell <laughs> you that when I worked in a library, and um, a kid came up to me and actually asked. Uh, do you have any books on astronomy? <laughs> and I, oh I did that, and I think I scared. I think I scarred the kid for life. Um, <laughs> saying that. And I, I assured him, don't. I'm, you know, because he gave me the weirdest look ever. Like I had lobsters crawling out of my ears. But I told him, <laughs> um, no, it's from a movie. Don't worry. I, I was, I was quoting. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not insane. Yeah. Aww. But yeah, I will say that. Um, I have a I always have a mixed feeling about um screenings where people just want to scream the dialogue. <laughs> like, yeah. I understand, especially with a film like UHF and it's a comedy mm-hmm. and people know it by heart. It's hard to contain yourself. I I will say that one of the best things about UHF is its soundtrack. Oh, I know. A lot of the songs on the actual soundtrack are nowhere to be found in the movie. No, it, it's really, it, yeah, that, it's like it's half an album and half soundtrack and like almost none of the score, which is really a shame because some of that score work is really great. Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah that's good stuff. <laughs> but, yep. you know, like... I gotta say that um, the UHF soundtrack has my favorite Weird Al original song, and that's the biggest ball of twine. In yes. Um, Have you been to the twine ball, Jim? No, I haven't. <sighs> I haven't either, but I've been meaning to. Well, we'll have to stop by for pickled wieners. <laughs> Indeed. And pick up a, a bum named Bernie. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like that, I don't know, there's something about that song that just hits home for me, like the idea of going on a road trip with my family, and mm-hmm. I, if I were to meet him, the one question I wanted to ask him, if, I mean, it's probably obvious, I just mm-hmm. wanted to know if he borrowed the melody from the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, if he intentionally did that. I would think so. Oh. Um, 
there's this Gordon Lightfoot song called The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, which is like mm-hmm. an epic, like, eight-minute song. Um, right. And just the way he says, the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota um, is just like, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. It's very similar. Um, well, I know a lot of his songs are, if they're not, like, parodies, direct parodies, um, he caught like, their style parodies or pastiches. Right. Um, it's Which, very possible it was influenced by that. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it was an intentional, uh, you know, homage. Mm-hmm. And, but it's just one of those things that, like, even when I heard as a kid, because my dad played that Gordon Lightfoot album, I immediately identified that melody, which is something nice. that I've come to do over the years. Where I'm like, I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I love the soundtrack. Um, I have memories of, uh, you know, my dad and I picking up the soundtrack from Hegwish Records in... Uh, Lansing or Calumet City, Illinois, and record stores. What are those? Yeah, I know. Um, I should. One of the questions I want to ask every guest uh, for the Pop Culture Club podcast that if they were um, shopping or around long enough to, um, you know, uh, actually buy used CDs and CDs from uh, record stores and whatnot, if what is the like the number one CD they would always see used, uh, like in a used bin? Um, for oh me, wow! For me, it's easily REM's Monster. Like, I saw like twelve <laughs> copies of that thing in one record store, and every record store that I've ever been to has had a used copy of REM's Monster. Hmm. I'll have to think about it. Yeah, that's it's cool. It's been a Get while since I've been shopping, but I do still buy CDs. And records. Yeah. Well, for favorite artists, I still do as well, including yeah. Mel. Because yeah. I want to support the guy. I want him to continue doing what he's doing. And Indeed. He's, he's out of contract. He sort of has the freedom mm-hmm. to you know, just put out stuff on iTunes, hopefully. Yeah, I, I, look, I still look forward to the future of Weird Al. Yeah. Um, I don't foresee him retiring anytime soon, and God bless him for oh, that. No, yeah. Because I definitely, I mean, he at least has three or four amazing parody songs from every album. Um, Indeed, and I, and I have to say, like you know, UHF is a really strong example of um, you know his sense of humor translating well into a different medium. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> there should I know he did the Weird Al show, which was like his version of Pee Wee's Playhouse. It was, I mean, it was designed even by the guy who designed Pee Wee's Playhouse. Huh. And I actually used to own a set piece from it. Wild. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, it's so, it's, but there was a lot of issues with the Weird Al show with like CBS, like wanting him to like dumb it down and make it more like kid friendly and there were certain things that he couldn't do and he could do and while he said it was overall a good experience like to have a TV series I mean it just got like shot in the foot by CBS (laughs) yeah and (laughs) it's such a funny show really charming oh yeah it is like even with like the whole like the morals and stuff that were like forced in there (laughs) there's still like a lot of funny uh little bits yeah because i 
I, I mean, I, in this day and age, because comedy is really t- taken off in so many ways with stand-up, mm-hmm. stuff like Inside Amy Schumer just being really subversive and really brilliant. Um, the latest episode in particular with the 80s ladies is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. I uh, I will. I've I, been keeping up with this season, though. I think there really should be um, a Weird Al show, um, a sketch comedy show from Weird Al, because UHF has like is essentially you know a bunch of sketches. Um, yeah, UHF to me it's very it's very like SCTV almost. Yeah. It's like yeah, you know, it has that vibe because it's a TV station, but just like that type of humor as well. Exactly. And I grew up on SCTV, so. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. That's an, that's another, that that's going to take a whole episode sometime to really oh my God, delve yes. into the history of one of the most brilliant comedy shows that has ever aired. Um, and to talk about, like, you know, individual sketches. I always wanted corners. to do a group costume for SCTV. Oh, good God. And, but I wanted, to be, I wanted to be either uh, Edith Prickley or Guy Caviero, mainly oh. so that I could be pushed around in a wheelchair. <laughs> and I'd have to be Johnny LaRue or, I mean, there's there's so many, like the Schmengi brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, anything involving John Candy and Eugene Levy would be great. Oh, yeah. Um, you know. Bobby th- Bittman. Yeah. How are ya? Man, there's <laughs> there's way too much to delve into with SCTV at some point. I want to do Oh, I know. retrospective episode with like You could do um, an entire podcast about SCTV. <laughs> and I certainly know enough Canadian podcasters now to where maybe they even have more insights. Uh There you yeah. go. One quick memory i have involves um mm-hmm. the villain of uhf kevin mccarthy mm-hmm. who um i had the pleasure of meeting at the flashback weekend convention here in chicago what? totally yeah. jealous and i think he died like a year later or something but he's he signed my invasion of the body snatchers uh VHS, wow. vhs copy um, that's amazing but of course, I had to bring up UHF and mm-hmm. especially his work with Joe Dante um, uh, on films like Inner Space and mm-hmm. um, the Twilight Zone, the movie. So he he was just great. He was, yep. you know, a little soft spoken, but really he he spoke very highly of working with Joe Dante and Weird Al, and that made me love him. Nice. Oh so, yeah. He yeah. seemed like the coolest guy. What is to to close out the conversation cuz obviously you everybody knows at this point and I'm sure they've seen UHF to like you know talk about it at length in terms of plot and mm-hmm. the sketches we love the most and everything I think you know everybody's everybody knows UHF I hope at least that they listen to this show they've seen right? it and they either Definitely. love it or not If you haven't seen it stop now and go watch it Yeah watch UHF but what was your experience meeting the one and only Weird Al? I want to. Know oh my gosh! Details. I've had so many experiences meeting Weird Al. I've had. Um, I've been very blessed in that matter. Um, the first time I met him, I was a little starstruck. 
uh, it was like right before I moved to Chicago even. So it was about uh, 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago. And he's just been, he is just so sweet and kind and he cares so much about his fans and he's just hilarious and awesome. I had no doubt. <laughs> did, he, did he say anything memorable to you? Um, yeah, he's, he, he has, um, I know, uh, with a former partner of mine, we made some music together and he complimented us on that. And, um, he, uh, he's given me hugs and all, you know, like I know one time, we were in a backstage, I was in a backstage area and he like, he like hid behind like the door and like <laughs> came at me from the back, like gave me like trying to like, he like jumped me from behind. It was kind of Ooh. adorable. Well, yeah. people might take that out of context, <laughs> so be careful. Oh, oh, well, so, um, I'm, I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well... It wasn't like that. I know. He was just being goofy, but he, like he remembers me and he knows like who I am. He knows who I am. <laughs> That's really great. Um I I wish I could have met him. I clearly wish I could have met him. But I do too. I think um, I do too. It's bound to happen at some point as long as we stay friends. Yeah, you will definitely end up meeting Weird Al, I guarantee it almost. <sighs> And then I'm going to hand him a CD of my parody songs, and then he'll sign me, and we'll become label buddies forever. Oh, gotcha. Nah, I know. <laughs> but um, clearly anyone who's been a fan of Director's Club knows um, how huge of a fan I am of parody songs. Oh, yeah. And that's because oh, of, of course. Yeah. Like, anybody who's ever written a comedy song has Weird Al to thank. Yep. Like, who knew? Who knew a guy that was writing yep. a Queen parody song in his bathroom on toilet paper would go on to create a comedic masterpiece like UH? I've well, been to that bathroom. What were you doing the, in that uh, bathroom? Did you use my, it? Or? Wait, wait, no, no, no. Um, it was the the bathroom that my Bologna was recorded on. Oh, I my Bologna. Uh, okay. I. Yeah, I've been to that bathroom. It's a Cal Poly, Cal Poly men's room. Wow. <laughs> yep. It, like, is the bathroom still a, a bathroom that men use? Yeah, it's it... still a bathroom. Oh, okay. I, I I feel like it should be shut down and, like, made into a shrine. Well, that's what I mean. Like, but, I figured they would have yeah, signs pointing to It's still a bathroom. <laughs> Do they have signs pointing to the toilet like this? No, they should, but they don't. Hmm. Well, I mean, because he didn't really use his architect degree. Yeah, I think so. I would hope so. Maybe. I would hope so, too. He does, definitely. So what's your favorite bit from Weird Weird Al? From from UHF? From UHF? Oh, man. Um, Probably... Uh, the Joe Early bit, because I'm a huge fan of Emo Phillips. <laughs> I love Emo. Um, and Not the genre of music, uh, but the comedian. Yeah, right. Yes. 
Um, I got to meet him a few times, too. He's really sweet. Hmm. Um, and probably uh, Raul's Wild Kingdom. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and now that Treasure of Sierra Madre is my favorite movie of all time, it's it's just beautiful, the badges reference. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to go with Rambo because when I was that age, at the age I saw UHF, maybe it was like a few years after stuff like Cobra, mm-hmm. um, and right. First Blood and Rocky Four, like all those, I saw like three Stallone movies in a row at an impressionable age that made Stallone v- briefly my favorite movie mm-hmm. star. And, oh, you know, I don't blame you. Like, those movies are great. Yeah. And to this day, they are. Um, but, like, yeah, seeing Weird Al take on the ridiculousness of the Rambo movies was, was something oh, very special. Uh, and another, you know, strong memory of my dad laughing his ass off at that. Uh, so, I mean, watching it on the big screen again just gave me a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. And I laughed um, almost as hard as I did when I first saw it. And that's a, testi- that's a testament to how great and timeless of a comedy UHF really is. Yeah, agreed. Like, I've seen that movie at least, like, at least over a dozen times. Yeah. <laughs> I would think so for me as well. But Yeah. And, I mean, hell, when, when we saw it, they had a second screening, and I was there for the second screening, like, right after it. So... <laughs> yeah, that's that's hard for me to see the, the same movie twice in a row, but I did that with Groundhog Day. So, and clearly that's Well, you got to do it with Groundhog Day. I mean, yeah. come that's on. It's the theme of the movie itself, so Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh if everybody wants to hear me talk about Groundhog Day, um <laughs> please do check out my interview with Stephen Tobolowski, who is one of my many heroes, but yeah. It's pretty rad. So maybe who knows? I doubt it. Maybe Weird Al will show up on my podcast. <laughs> nah, I'm not, my, I'm not holding my breath. I I think he's a really busy guy, and he values his privacy. He's not, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure he's really personable and really sweet. Like, at the Q&A, people were asking the dumbest questions ever. Oh, I know, and then that person, like, gave him a fish? Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, first off, he's vegetarian. Yep. Second off, who brings a dead fish to the movie theater in a bag and places it on the stage? <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't thought of the fact that he brought that. Was that was so crazy. Like, did, did that whole area of the theater just smell like red snapper? I oh, guess. Wow. It's pretty weird. I hadn't thought of it in that way, but geez. That is... Weird Al fans are really interesting. Um, yeah. They're not all like that. Oh, I know, I know, but <laughs> it's 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 it, it, it's sort of par for the course with every Q and A that I've ever been to. Where agreed, um, the fans just ask horrible questions, and mm-hmm. for the most part, um, all the all the people that they ask, all you know, all the filmmakers and musicians, yeah, all really nice to them in return, and try mm-hmm. and pull out their stupid question, but. I think sometimes it's warranted, but I had an amazing time seeing UHF, and thank you. Thank you so much yeah. for that experience. Well, it was my pleasure, man. I mean, any any 
chance to spread out the weird owl. Yeah, for sure. We'll we'll be seeing something at, again at the music box sooner than later. I'm sure there's probably oh, yeah. um, some things coming out throughout the summer. Um, and I'm glad you saw Mad Max Fury Road because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it was so fucking good. Uh, yeah. I just can't wait to own it on Blu-ray and watch it once a month. <laughs> I'm that Blu-ray! Crazy. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Marissa. This was a great chat. Um, you'll you'll have to come on again, probably for the SCTV mm-hmm. when that happens. So, because uh, you're the queen of comedy. Aww. You know your shit. So thanks. All right. Thank you. Okay, I'm hitting stop. Well, there was some more Torres for ya. Yeah, that's my favorite album of the year, which is Sprinter by Torres. And I think a lot of it has to do with seeing her live at the Empty Bottle in Chicago here, because um, she makes those songs come to life even more live, as do most artists, I presume. But she screams, she uh, gets... It's a very visceral experience to see Torres live. But I think both of her albums, I even like her debut even more than Sprinter. Because once I heard Sprinter, I was like, I got to hear everything this gal has put out. And uh, um, she is one of my new top 10 all-time favorite musicians, which is crazy, right? Um, Based on two records. And it could be one of those things where it's like, oh my god, this is new, this is exciting, this is exactly the kind of music I'd like to be making. I'm getting, like, uh, you know, Jeff Buckley, PJ Harvey vibes all over again. Goosebumps. Um, so I'm going to end the show with one of her songs pretty much in its entirety. And I think, like, if the copyright gods come after me and strike me down with furious anger, then um, I'll just re-upload the episode and take the ending song out. Which, it'll sound awkward, but hey, if somehow I get caught doing it, so be it, and I'll deal with it then. <laughs> I'm sure they can't shut down the entire podcast, which would be sad if they're like, we're going to take away your RSS feed and blah, 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 you got to pay a fine. <laughs> so I want to thank um, Marissa for being on the show here for pretty much the first episode of the Pop Culture Club. 
Um, I'm trying to keep these at an hour, hour and a half max. So, um, well, it's a trial run. Maybe they will go three hours. I'm sure Director's Club episodes will definitely go longer than that, um, as they have in the past. So, yeah. Um, to recap, there's a lot going to be happening. As I said during like my 15-minute introductory rant of sorts. Um, so I'm really excited to see where this goes and see if people like it. Uh, I, clearly, I wouldn't judge what, what the podcast is based on this episode because there's clearly a lot more monologuing than I would like. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's sort of going to be a mishmash. There's definitely going to be more music talk and uh, TV show talk. Um, I, I will say this to sort of close things out, uh, besides proclaiming once again that everybody needs to buy Taurus's record Sprinter. It's um, pretty mind-blowing, at least to me. Maybe you'll think it's ho-hum or ordinary or whatever, but I certainly love it and love her voice. And after seeing her live, these songs have taken on a whole new life for me. But yeah, I will say really quickly uh, for my brief movie review here. Let's go out to dinner and see a movie. Let's mm-hmm. go out to dinner and see um, a movie. I'm going to skip the dinner part and go right to the movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I have to talk about Two Doors Nicole, a.k.a. You're Sleeping, Nicole. It's a French-Canadian film. Um, I don't have the director's name in front of me, which is for shame, for shame, but I believe it's his third film. Uh, And it's a minimalist masterpiece that I related to way, 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 way hardcore. In terms of the vibe, the feeling, there's something about It Follows and this movie they're very, very different movies, but they just capture my 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 mood occasionally. And I don't know if that just like stems from having you know a mood disorder, but they just capture my mood in some weird, otherworldly way that's very personal. That it's 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 almost hard to tell people why I love this movie because it's something internal. I feel, but I watched it, and of course, the girl works in the thrift store like me. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's just, like, weird elements, kind of, like, watching the movie is very surreal, um, and it's very slow, not a whole lot happens. It's funny, it's it's true, it's got really interesting subtext about what it means to um, have graduated college and not know what the next step is going to be. It's got this, like, limbo feeling um, from the lead character who has trouble connecting with people any sort of movie with the protagonist having trouble connecting with people that's something i understand and empathize with uh and you know for for some reason like both this movie and it follows have a really interesting feeling um that i experience when i watch them so maybe most people are just like ah good movie fine but for me they're um I will say three movies this year, Duke of Burgundy, It Follows, and Two Doors, Nicole. Uh, They're all going to be in my top 150 movies of all time. And here we are halfway through the year, almost uh, 2015. And of course, I love Mad Max Fury Road, too. But there's, there's just something about those three movies that have really haunted me in the best way possible. They make me excited for movies and excited to see more 
uh, to ha- to hopefully have more experiences like that. And Two Doors Nicole is really just about a girl who's graduated from college, is living at her parents' house, um, has a, a has a brother who's a musician, um, and she's just sort of wandering through um, the summer, the summertime, and trying to have interesting interactions um, and kind of failing. Uh, so the ending is pretty special. If you watch this movie, keep in mind the very first image that you see in this movie and the very last image, and that's kind of what holds it together for me, is that this director clearly has a vision, and it's not just like minimalist, mumblecore, black and white BS, at least to me. So I can't wait for you to see this movie. I know it's playing in New York, and hopefully it'll be opening wider, and especially in Chicago, because I... um would love to see this on the big screen. I had access to a screener, which was really great. Um, and to close out the show, that's probably my favorite movie of the year so far, but I don't expect it to be everybody's favorite movie of the year so far. I just hope you see it. I hope you like it at least. I hope you don't hate it because that almost like feels like an injustice or something. Um, I don't know why, (laughs) but it's ridiculous to think that because everybody's taste is different. So, see it, report back to me, send me an email at directorsclubpodcast at gmail.com. I'm still keeping that email, even though this is Pop Culture Club, so it'll be a little awkward. Um, I mean, maybe I'll change the email in time, but for now, I'm sort of just keeping uh, the Directors Club uh, RSS feed and email open, because I'm still going to do Directors Club. Um, I just don't want to separate the two feeds right now. I'm sort of pulling a cinecast and just having, or I should say, I'm pulling a Row3.com podcast party of sorts and including uh, a different podcast in the same feed that you would get Director's Club, as you already know. I've told you that many times. So that's it. That is it, ladies and gentlemen. That is about an hour long, I think. And that's probably all you can tolerate. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, It's probably a good place to end with... um, Two Doors, Nicole, being um, a magical experience for me. Uh, We'll see what you think. And, of course, I want to end with probably my favorite song, or at least close to it, um, from Torres. Buy both her records. Um, Don't just stream them. Buy them, because they're worth your time and money and effort. I cannot say enough good things about this musician, as you already know. I'm going to um, be returning. We'll see if Patrick's episode comes out soon. I I don't know what his next endeavor is specifically in terms of the bonus episode run he's doing. I think he's taking his time, and as well he should. He deserves to um, rest and recuperate and relax and vegetate and um, sort of decompress because he's put a lot of effort and energy into the show, and he's an incredible person, an incredible friend, and I know that we'll be behind the mics for a bonus episode that um, we're going to be reviewing a couple of movies that I chose. And he'll probably be back in the future at some point. You know, we'll see how much he contributes, especially if, he, if, we, if I decide to put a director on the, on the uh, schedule. You know, it's kind of more my mental schedule for directors right now. I imagine... Patrick will probably not be averse to coming aboard once in a blue moon. And we'll see. 
But for me, like I said, I will be returning most likely with Bill Ackerman. Uh, possibly an episode, a music-based episode with my friend Dan Solomon. Um, and like I said, uh, stay tuned for a uh, Director's Club with Colin Suter and myself talking George Miller. So you got a lot to look forward to. Please stay tuned. Please be patient. And um, I cannot thank you enough, even though I have many, many, many times throughout the course of this podcast, for you sticking around, for you sending emails, for you reaching out to me on Facebook. Um, it's it's just been uh, a fantastic experience to finally fulfill one of my lifelong goals of hosting some sort of show. I don't know if I'm any good, <laughs> but at least I, I'm doing it and doing it the way I want to and having access to fans and listeners in an interactive fashion. So it's working out. I, I love doing it. I want to keep doing it. It feels weird not to do it after four or five years, so expect more uh, chaos like this episode, but hopefully more refined and focused. And I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna get a kick out of things to come if you stick around. So don't unsubscribe from the feed here, just because Directors Club is kind of be is going to be more sporadic. Doesn't mean you won't have episodes in your feed. So. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Podcast Part 1, Episode 1. I'm going to go watch Stephen Tobolowski's new storytelling documentary called The Primary Instinct. I'll report back to you on that. I expect it to be great because, obviously, Stephen Tobolowski rules. Here is a song from Torres, as um, I mentioned already, by her stuff. It's incredible. You know that. I know that. Here's a song. Check the show notes for links and all the good stuff over at directorsclubpodcast.com and popcultureclubpodcast.com will be coming soon. Thank you. I love you all. And I love you, Patrick. Good night. These lives are so contrived and out of focus. But if I can derive some happiness from this. I'll have made it out alive Cause people always change But ain't always changing for the better And just because the two of us will Sure to turn my back on everything you say you do. I'm gonna come to terms before I have to. Been keeping all my time in my back pocket. Taking from it only what I need to be Whoever I'm supposed to be But when I look at you I get so lonely I used to just adore you But now you 
What were you doing the, in that uh, bathroom? Did you use my, it? Or? Wait, wait, no, not 